Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Joining us now, Barclays Bank's UK CIO, William Hobbs. Great to have you in studio this morning. Thanks for being with us. I mean, this is a rare moment in markets, isn't it? And one of the few government ministers who was actually speaking yesterday after uh, the Bank of England intervention talked uh, about this was the Northern Ireland Secretary, Chris Heaton-Harris. He said that the government now is, quote, delivering a strong economic policy that will make my country richer and more prosperous, create wealth and expand growth. But it has taken five days for the government to be in utter turmoil. The Conservative government is in surely disastrous denial. So, Caroline, you're trying to get me fired there. <laughs> no, but it is. It has to be situation. said. Yeah, yeah, it's a very difficult situation. You're totally right. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that we are finding out at the moment is that policymaking, when you're sort of battling this kind of epochal inflation problem, it's very different, isn't it? Uh, you know, it, it, as an investor, you've got two kind of big... Uh, aphorisms pinned above your door, waved in front of your head all the time. It's one is Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, and the second one comes from my old boss, which is the greater the confidence you hear someone telling you what comes next, the less you should trust them. Uh, and I think that's probably very true at the moment. And yes, you know, one of the things that we can say about the sort of UK policy proposals um, is, I mean, it's a very difficult time to do this kind of thing, as we're finding out. What we do know, it doesn't mean that there's sort of no evidence for them working, but historically, uh, you can't find much consistent evidence of a relationship between tax cuts or changes in the marginal tax rate and ensuing growth. Uh, and the same is true in terms of corporate tax rates and, uh, you know, ensuing. There's no relationship in OECD over the last 50 years uh, with regards to investment rates. So, you know, what you maybe would argue or some are arguing is that this is a low probability play uh, and it requires significant reassurance of investors, as we're seeing. Um, but these are extraordinary scenes in gilt markets and sterling and, uh, you know, markets generally. I don't think I've seen anything like it in my career anyway. So, and I mean, that, that, that is important to, to underline. The Bank of England doing its best to reassure markets with actions yesterday. 
to, what does the government need to do to reassure markets? I think communication seems to be the the urging of the market at the moment, doesn't there? Sort of clarity on those medium-term fiscal pan, plans and how you're going to get back to sustainability. The big question for investors, I think, probably is... To what extent are markets investors going to wait until the 23rd of November? It feels like a long time off at the moment when every day feels like a decade. Uh, so, you know, that's the big question. And I guess also this idea that, you know, the Bank of England has come in and stepped in. Um, amidst kind of calls of kind of monetary financing and all sorts of things, probably unfair to be honest. This is you know restoring some stability. I mean, but how do they, they have a choice? Is the question. Sorry, what was that? Did, did they have a choice? Yes, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And the interesting, we were just talking about it on TV, is, you know, you had, you know, this kind of bond market red wedding going on this year. And that, you know, as that sort of interest rate tide goes out, you'd expect to see some investor nudity revealed. So actually, this is the first real case where you've seen that sort of that moment where everyone's looked and said, wow, this is a kind of a real kind of moment where central banks need to step in and reassure markets, uh, a sort of repeat of Lehman's, some people are arguing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they did have a choice, but it's still like these are very, very difficult times to be a policymaker. I do not envy them. No, absolutely. But I'm still going to ask you what you think now is the path for UK rates. Where does this leave the Bank of England? I mean, it's the opposite of what they were trying to do. Yes. I mean, I think the feeling now seems to be that sterling is going to have to take you know, more of the pain. The big question, I think, is is with regards to what do they do in the short term? Can they do this, you know, would they do this emergency intermeeting hike? What yes. comes next? Is it going to be 150-ish basis points? I mean, our view probably is that that's, that's way north of what they can do and get away with, you know, given what's going on in mortgage markets or worries about that. Um, and certainly speaking to the IB guys, uh, you know, my colleagues in the investment bank, they feel that actually interest rate markets are massively overestimating what's coming in terms of, uh, you know, Bank of England base rates, uh, just because the economy well, is five percent, six percent too high. Yeah, too, way high. too high. I think probably it tops out much lower than that. Now, I go back to my first comment, you know, the greater the confidence and all of that kind of thing. But, you know, much can change. And look how much the path, you know, the path of implied rate hikes has changed in the last week. Last month, uh, you know, it's extraordinary looking at those comparisons on your Bloomberg. Uh, yeah, so, whiplash. Yeah, there are these questions around about you know the the G UK's institutions' credibility being used to tackle this crisis has the the Bank of England's credibility been maintained by taking a step like this, or is this going to raise questions about what it you know it, its kind of future role? It's a great question. I mean. I- uh, you know, I'm a sort of tragic uh, economic history geek and sort of, you know, I shouldn't have admit that very yeah. welcome. publicly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, I lied. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, and you would say, you know, the argument tends to be on this front that UK kind of institutional credibility has been built up by hundreds of years of kind of orthodoxy and re- resilience and reliability with one kind of blip in the 70s. So it probably takes more than that to erode. But certainly you're finding that, you know, as with all policymakers around the world at the moment, you're, you're starved of you know, good choices. Um, and that is one of the things we're up. Contagion risks from the UK to the rest of the world. Why is the Biden administration concerned? Yes, it's interesting, that intervention. Uh, I would, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to comment too much on it. Uh, certainly, I think, you know, the UK economy is pretty small, isn't it? I mean, in the context of things. But what we did see this week is how uh, those effects can ripple. 
you know, the pension fund industry is a big one. Uh, that kind of running out of collateral story, you know, nearly became pretty violent for the entire world economy. And the response of global asset markets was extraordinary yesterday. Uh, so it does show, you know, there is there is potential feedback effects that these things can go. And as we know, confidence, that's the big thing, isn't it? Well, can can the government now re-establish confidence and can it bring us back? You know, what sort of time scale do they do they have to bring back what's only been five days since this budget was announced? Is it going to take an awful lot longer to re-establish that credibility and confidence? Yes, it's hard to imagine what they can say, isn't it, at the moment? But I think certainly communication is the key. Um, you know, what the market needs to hear. I mean, uh, the idea that sort of unfunded tax cuts without the supervision of the uh, OBR and so on, you know, that 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 needs to be changed. And like I said earlier, I think the big thing is whether the markets are going to wait until the 23rd to hear about it or whether the Chancellor is going to be forced uh, to, you know, give more details as much as possible soon as possible. Uh, yeah. Because that's really what I think investors are kind of looking for, isn't it? Yeah. And we were speaking to the chief economist at the IOD Institute of Directors, you know, who's, who's uh, long worked in policy and government, etc. And she was saying that the OBR absolutely would have been ready to come out with, um, you know, its response and its forecast around the budget on Friday. But anyway, that was her particular view. Um, Look, just lastly, briefly, what what do you tell clients at this moment? I mean, is there a way to trade this that makes money? Or is this a moment to step away? Well, so, uh, you know, it's interesting you say that, Caroline. I mean, uh, the investment team that, who are in charge, you know, we have specialists who look at the sort of short term macro and they're all chomping at the bit of various opportunities, <laughs> not just around, the, you know, not just UK, but around the world. There's lots of sort of potential, uh, you know, candy for the short term macro guys to pick. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, selecting very carefully uh, for sterling based investors. Obviously, those already invested, your dollar assets have provided nice insulation so far. Uh, we happily because I'm lucky to work with very clever people. Uh, They added lots of commodities at the beginning of 2021 to diversified funds and portfolios. So we've been very well insulated so far. But the key is, remember, for long-term investors, just keep your eyes on the prize. And the prize is not being able to perfectly time entry. It's access to future human ingenuity. You know, equities are a call option on future human productivity. That, That call option is quite attractively priced at the moment, so stay above the turmoil. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.